Evening, Brent. Yeah, evening. Evening. Yeah, uh, it's quite late right now. I don't know if I'll be able to sleep very well after this, uh, truth be told. I don't blame you. (laughs) Um, You would ask me if I wanted to spend some time on digesting this film or just simply sitting on it uh, for a time before recording. And uh, I had told you that I feel like it would likely just cause a rot in my belly. And to be quite honest, um, man, yeah, uh, wow, I, it's, 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 I'm truly somewhat gobsmacked as, as far as, uh, what to say about how I feel. Um, you know, uh, we went on a walk after, after watching this film, which I think was really, really needed, um, reminded me of my time of reading The Rape of Nan King or, um, you know, A Day in the Life of uh, Ivan Donosevich. Um, so fucking hard to watch. And uh, something else that I had said while watching this film was, uh, seems like every 10 years I learned something new about World War II and it's typically another genocide that the Nazis had kind of carried out. And, uh... <sighs> What an atrocious uh, and, and harrowing viewing experience that we had um, simply because of w- what we witnessed in the film was based on very real things that happened. It was uh, beautifully well-made. Uh, cinematography is gorgeous in it. But I think that what it does the most... Uh, well is capturing some truly horrific things um, so at some point probably gonna tell you to just kind of turn off the episode because as I heard said like the less it's meant to be experienced not explained and yeah we're not saying that in like a like a because, snobby yeah, fucking like, film critic way at all yeah it's I don't for, I'll say that if if uh, I'd say this should be like required viewing. Yeah, um, that like they should show this in like history classes. Yes, um, <laughs> I, I know that. I know that there's there's quite probably quite a few things that are you know required reading. Like we watched um, we watched Schindler's List. Same. I was gonna say I feel like that's probably the film that they show you. But they should also, if not instead, show come and see. Yeah. Uh, the 1985 film directed by Elam Klimov. You probably saw the title name of this episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to use the the yeah that as a thumbnail. That thumbnail. You'll see it. The thumbnail. Yeah, you'll see it. It's it's right there. If you're um, if if you're familiar with this film, then this episode is absolutely for you. If you're not familiar with this film, um. You 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 should become acquainted in some way. Um, we again were spoiled. We're, we're, we seem to be on a hot streak here, uh, as Brent is adding to his Criterion collection personally. <laughs> um, so well cleaned up, uh, fantastic uh, remastering, uh, the colorization and the cleanliness of all the shots. Um, you lose zero details. And um, that being said, I'm sure it was just as shocking to see um, when it came out in 1985. Uh, Klimov had said that he still feels that given the contents of the film, the final product... Like he didn't go far enough? Yeah, that it was restrained. Um, He does go as far as showing you some real... Uh, war footage from the concentration camps, so you will see um, some of the footage that you're probably familiar with because of uh, school, uh, but you will see some of the shots of the mass graves of Jewish prisoners um, and uh, some of the... You, you, you do see a shot of one of the incredibly starved uh, near-dead uh, Jewish prisoners um, in and a very, very say, impersonal like, way, too. Interest, like, and one of the most, like, 
like artistically poignant yeah scenes in the movie yeah of you know well okay hopefully you already ducked out if um <laughs> cause right. we're gonna I mean we're gonna start talking about scenes when he's when uh Fleur is you know firing on the on the on the portrait of Hitler yeah and yeah you just kinda see Nazi Germany rewinding so that was one thing that I I took a and I didn't when we watched the interviews um with uh with Klimov and uh excuse me I, I can't remember the the name of the actor who played um it's like Alexei Fleur of, uh, yeah let's let's look that up yeah <laughs> yeah sorry I'm not used to Russian names right it was uh Alexei um, Kravin, Kravchenko, 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 yeah. Kravchenko. Alexei you know, the one thing that they didn't really touch on, which is, you know, perhaps because I misunderstood the, uh, representation that they were going for, which, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's quite a bit of symbolism here, uh, that I kind of took as like the end of childhood innocence or the death of, um, being a child. You know, this is, this is literally your childhood ends now like uh the the horrors that you will witness are going to be um mind-altering emotionally destructive like you said before you left on the walk uh yes you kind of brought up begotten again yeah in, in that in like it'll leave like you march like but a, this is like you know this yeah. will leave you march because this shit happened yeah and i can't remember Not, our chain of events. I can't remember our lore, if you will, but I can't remember when exactly we watched Combat Shock. Me uh, in in <laughs> reference to uh, watching Begotten, because yes, uh, Begotten is this incredibly harsh to to take in, unrelentingly like oppressive mm-hmm. and depressing. Yep. I mean, we literally began begotten with uh, a, a character who is supposed to represent God castrating himself yeah, and uh, thus killing himself as well um, and somehow not if I watched that for an hour, if I was forced to watch that for an hour and a half, I would not even be a modicum of as fucked up as I was after watching Come and See. That being said, this is a this is a an incredibly hard to watch film with um, various uh, wartime atrocities that are shown with again uh, without much relent. If you are in a bad place, given the time period that we are all facing right now, this is a terrible idea to watch. <laughs> um, put this on your backlog and come back to it maybe next year um or you know um not alone when you are in a better state of mind i cannot stress that enough um this will make you feel not great uh and uh however you know if you are a student of history and you can you can look at things logically and um take it in for what it is which is i would say uh, a sort of look into what truly happened, uh, some of the events that are not really talked about, especially in our culture as Americans, about what took place in World War II. It was more than just Poland and Germany, uh, Warsaw, uh, Dachau, and everyone else, everywhere else. Um, this is about a, I would say, completely forgotten area of uh, Belarus, um, with at least to the west, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's that's just it. Is when uh, when I learned about uh, the rape of Nanking, and the awful things, and looking at all the photographs of everything that they had done there, very real people, uh, being a high school student, and um, having your your teacher tell you, if you can't read the book, do not worry; it will not count against you. The only thing that will count against you is if you are unable to participate in classroom discussion. That being said, um, we as a group will talk about this. 
and everyone had to get signed permission from their parents in order to take home this book of which you know being in a god-fearing country um in iowa you know rural iowa uh there were several that that were unable to bring the bring the book home and uh yeah wow there's there's uh, how how was it put that Klimov had said um, that essentially this uh, you know these these Nazis they literally they were monsters and then we watched that uh, YouTuber talk about the historical accuracy of this that they literally raped and Rape, murdered burned, and pillaged raped yeah yeah all the way across Russia yeah and. Um, Towards the end of the film, we are met with a number, uh, 628 Belarusian uh, villages were razed to the ground with all of their inhabitants along with them, uh, leading to somewhere around, I believe it was like 13 million deaths. Civilian deaths, yeah. Mm-hmm. Along Russia. with uh, 1 million women that gave birth to... Uh, babies born of rape, born of rape, and most of those women killed by Nazis. Um, yeah, it's this is a very real and tangible history of the human race. These are things that truly happened that we as a people did to each other, um, and it's it's something that's that should never be forgotten. It's much more important than any, any sort of, say, Confederate statue or anything that's going on right now to that extent. When, when, it's, uh, when it's reminded, uh, when, when we see these things, we're reminded that if we forget our past, we are doomed to repeat it. And this is something that we absolutely can never, ever allow ourselves to repeat. Yeah, like movies like this are almost certainly too like always remain relevant in terms of like the modern day absolutely especially um kind of mentioned that one of the reasons he made it was because at that time the cold war was at such a point yeah that pretty much everybody believed that world war three was going to break out yeah. at any minute yeah so that was one of the reasons he wanted to make the movie. It's an inherently anti-war movie. There's like nothing patriotic about this movie. Not this is coming out bit. of Soviet Russia. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like there were there were several different hurdles that he talked about in his interview that they had to go across, and in fact, um, it was it was sitting on a shelf for seven years after he had written it, uh, just going through various hoops so that he would be allowed to actually create the film. Um, it was such a harrowing and awful process that uh, Alexei actually had to be seen by a hypnologist. And if that sounds like a made-up word, it is a hypnotist psychologist that essentially came in to try and make sure that he would not carry any of the trauma from the filming. Um, Though what Alexei had said and what Klimov had said was that Alexei was able to differentiate the film and the things that he was doing on film separate from real life and that he was able to kind of come out of this without being traumatized, um, which is uh, quite a thing considering what he went through for the role. Yeah, and Klimov talked a lot in his interview in 2001 um, about how worried he was that Alexei was going to lose his fucking mind uh, during the filming because he, he was he was like thirteen or fourteen when they did this like fourteen yeah fifteen I think yeah he even mentions the scene where they were in the barn he yep. said he straight up like almost lost his mind yeah just everyone pushing against each other screaming crying uh, incredibly worried um, so yeah like like Brent said before I think right now uh, we're coming up on about fifteen minutes of kind of uh, dancing around what the what the film is is truly about or what it covers, um, and if you're still here with us, I think that this would be a good time in which you should step back and either try to track down this film 
or simply take note of it and come back to it when you're in a better place, when you know that you are going to be able to uh, take in this media and, I, I suppose... Confront it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, confront it is the best way to put it. Um, as Klimov uh, had said, it is a film about trying to kill the demons within all of us, the Hitler within all of us. Which, I mean, the film's original working title was Kill Hitler, which sounds mm-hmm. like a fun Danger 5 spinoff. But Damn it's, well, kill Hitler. But it's not. I wish it was. <laughs> I wish it was, but at the same time, again, it's so important to see this, and uh, he was he was very much so drawn to make this film because he himself... Uh, lived through a portion of World War Two and saw. He fled the, Stalingrad. He crossed the Volga and fled into the Ural Mountains. Yep, with his with his family. Uh, Called it a trip to hell. Yep. Said that a the the river uh, boiled at one point. The entire city was just on fire. Yep. The because uh, it was. I can't imagine seeing that. Just a whole fucking body of water just boiling. Yeah. Yeah. Simply insane. Just well, imagine seeing like your neighborhood just completely up in flames and then not knowing the, where your friends are. The river are, you pass every day on the family. way to work is, you know, boiling. Yeah. Truly a trip to hell. So if you are stepping away from us uh, at at this point this evening, uh, I appreciate that you've made it this far and that you've listened to this. And um, I hope that you return to the rest of the episode uh, when you finish watching the film. And um, I hope that your experience uh, leaves you thinking, and I hope that it does not just create a a stone in your gut uh, that turns to rot. Um, Remember that, uh, you know, if you are ever in a bad place, you should reach out to someone that you care about or try to take a step back from, you know, social media and things. Uh, sometimes a break from the human race is what we all need. Um, but yeah, so I suppose until next time, perhaps now would be a good time to turn on a happier, older episode and reminisce about simpler times. Uh, but for the rest of you that are going to continue with us, uh, I guess sit tight, hold on, and uh, let's go ahead and tackle Come and See. And again, I don't want to just like. We're not doing an episodic breakdown of the. Yeah, I don't want to just thing. like recap the entire movie. No, there's no need for that. I've uh. uh so you want to know what the first time I watched it? Mm-hmm. Um, I had an idea what I was getting into. I'd seen. Mm-hmm. On YouTube, like the 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 village burning scene. Okay. Um, I just I'd I'd heard so much talk of it. I ended up buying a DVD. I still have the DVD copy, but anyways. Yeah. I watched it with a couple of my buddies. <laughs> I was like, yeah, hey, we're watching this. Right. I just got it. I'm going to watch it. You guys can watch it if you want, but or you can leave. I don't give a fuck, but I'm watching right. this movie. Um, one of the things that disturbed me the most about the movie was the, the use of the portrait shots. Oh, my God, yeah. Just, to, uh, just not even, like, the towards the end. Yeah. With, like, the rape victim. Mm. Or just, yeah. like, 50 years aged child yeah um yeah just like just in the beginning honestly i i I guess i think one of my my favorite scene in the movie is after he meets glasha in the Mm -hmm. woods and then just gets bombed and then like the next like 20 to 30 minutes of the film is just like shell shock bombed out ringing in the ears yeah uh scout plane hovering in the sky uh, like an auditory, it feels like almost like an auditory hallucination. Yeah, yeah. Um, that whole which I feel thing is probably the most. I feel like I mean I've never experienced war. I right. hope never to experience it. Yeah, uh, that feels like just the most like it, it, in terms of like getting an emotional reaction. It, yeah, I felt it was most effective on me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think what it, what I kind of said was like this really feels as close as it gets to a fever dream yeah. because you're literally faced with death that came at you two inches away, two inches away. And now you have to run everything that you did have that made you feel safe is gone. 
you are nowhere near your family. What you were so excited about before, the naivete of child, you know, childhood and uh, childlike hopes and dreams is dead. It it rests there in in the shelled out crater in the forest. And now you are completely disoriented. You're not entirely sure what the fuck is going on. And it feels like a fever dream. And we watch... We watch this character just slowly lose more and more of himself. It's like he lost just just uh, like the, the thread came undone right there. And it just continues to get unspun. Every passing minute of the film, just more and more of him is left behind. Mm-hmm. Until we get to the very end and we have no idea who the fuck is on screen. Because it's not, it's not the same kid. And it does such a splendid way of showing you that physically he is completely changed. Emotionally, he is dead. And I only noticed it the second time I watched it. But when he returns to his village after yeah. the bombing and looks into the well. And like like pointed sees, out. sees the person who he's about to be at the end of the film. Yeah. I never noticed it the first time I watched it. Yeah, that's fucking insane. And this is... First time I watched this was back in like 2011 or 12. So it has. So been I, a I while. watched it and I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to watch that again anytime soon. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. What made me want to rewatch it now? Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know. I don't know. I just felt like it was important. Yeah. Or just, I'd been thinking about the movie. Uh, on and off. Mm-hmm. And then and then yeah, just very recently, Criterion did like a re-release on, on Blu-ray, and I was like, yep, I guess it's time. Yeah. And and the cover of of this of this Blu-ray is um, it's hard to look at. So I guess I probably never told you or never told you, but you know where the title "Come and See" came um, from. Them go and look. I and guess I, is a book that had uh, that had been written. Uh, it's pretty much a line that keeps appearing in the Book of Revelations. Come and see. Yeah. The yeah. You know, horse with death and hell yeah. followed yeah yeah and he spoke unto me and he said come and see yeah yeah and that's that's kind of what Klimov kind of keeps saying is this is an apocalyptic event this is the end of many people's lives many people's worlds ended that day um and you know inter- uh, you know like a, I don't want to say interesting important note is that it it wasn't just the people that died that were affected by this, mm-hmm. obviously. So if we had 13 million casualties, how many second-hand casualties do you think there were? Right. People with traumas that will never leave. People with their entire families just gone. Imagine, you know, um, being a grandfather or grandmother and everyone that you had as a child and their loved ones and their children and possibly even you know like their children gone yeah what do you do like all these kids that you pretty much watch grow up yeah yeah and then ones that weren't even done growing up and they're just gone yeah and just uh in incredibly atrocious ways where you know um and often enough in in the film uh i will say that it's it's very well used the dialogue by the German soldiers um, referring to people as cattle as, a, as it's kind of depicted that they often did um, you can really get a feel for it's not it's not lost in this film how these awful fucking monsters looked at people mm-hmm. you know less than much less than and they lined them up and they would just gun them down or as we see much later in the film in a very terrible, fucking awful way, they are all essentially just pushed and prodded into uh, a large kind of barn-like structure. As to, as they are, they have grenades lobbed in after them, and then molotoved, and then flame and uh, flamethrower fired upon. Yeah, and fired upon. You know, just to ensure that literally no one is going to live, and. They applaud themselves. They applaud themselves. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, just uh, the the banality of evil. 
Yeah. There were there were a couple things that I was kind of hoping that Klimov would would kind of discuss in, in his interview that he did not, uh, was some of the imagery. So I mean, like my take on it, like I said before, you know, the the death of childhood innocence or just um, the death of the mentality of a child anyway, um, when uh, when he steps on those kind of um, I guess they were almost like rotten, like they they were like half formed eggs Mm -hmm. Um, and then being followed for several scenes by a stork of sorts. which you know we see is like a symbol of fertility but also you know of of childhood it brings children um and it's just such a curious creature it's uh also incredibly contrasted to the backgrounds i mean i guess i don't know anything about birds but you think that was a stork nest yeah i mean it could be it very well could be and so it's like it's almost like following him Mm -hmm. you know like you killed my kids and if if they truly were accidentally killed by him interesting point that would be the only thing that he killed in the whole film and the only time he fires his gun is that a portrait of hitler and did you notice he didn't fire that's what i was going to bring up yeah yeah at the when it finally reverses back to yeah because every time he fires germany steps back further and further and further we kind of get this uh this idea of his mentality is if only I could fucking stop this from ever having happened if only I could have somehow stopped all of this from coming out uh, there's also a thing that uh, a German soldier says um, the trouble begins with children like yep. with kids yeah yep yep they are the root of evil and as we kind of follow Hitler back you know before he's Chancellor before all of these things, and then we see him, you know... Uh, we see, like, post-World War One mm-hmm. Germany. Yep. We see World War One Germany, pictures of Hitler. Yep. When he was a soldier. And then when he was a teenager. And then he finally gets to the baby portrait and he doesn't fire. Yeah. Because despite everything that he had seen, everything that he had experienced, everything that was done to him, and the things that he witnessed be done to other people he himself still could not fire on a child despite all the hate and anger in his heart he couldn't fire at hitler as a baby it really kind of is supposed to i don't know if i guess feel like you know after all of that he still had some sort of moral compass that he still had some sort of characteristic empathy to carry with him somehow but then I'm not sure what it's trying to say because I mean the last the movie ends with him catching up with the partisans yeah and then he I'm sure it was an intentional shot but he kind of just pushes further in until he's just indistinguishable yeah yeah and this group is presumably going towards Berlin now yeah so it, around 1943, yeah, um, Germany was on the retreat, mm-hmm. or like about to be, or yeah, late 1943 they were they were being pushed back, yeah. So yeah, presumably his kids, you know, about to march to Berlin. He doesn't really have a home. He has no home. He has no family left. Who knows what happens to uh, Glasha and and the rest of the villagers that had kind of found refuge on that island in the bog. Um, but by that point, it almost seems like he is kind of like, well, if I don't fight, it won't matter if they don't have food or supplies because the Russians will fucking kill them. If I can fight and push them back further, then I can keep them away from them. Or perhaps it just feels like he has nothing left to lose. That's kind of what I thought he just that's yeah. like kind of his home now yeah and it's like he's he seems to be pushing almost to the front he wants to be up front uh so it's obvious that you know he's he's going to carry that with him for the rest of his life um something else that i found very interesting was you know after we see him you, it's so uh disfigured just by the things that he's seen and experienced 
you know, he finds that gas can. He has that wordless interaction with the girl that was raped by, I don't know, fucking 16, 20 men. As she, you know, kind of uh, walks. He actually recounts back. words that Glasha said to him in mm-hmm. early, but it almost just seems like a, just like a cruel humor. Yeah, yeah. Because he kind of has like a weird smirk on his face when he says it. Yeah. yeah. Almost like, a, wow, this this meant something completely different only, you know, maybe a month ago. Maybe less. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how much how time. How much time? Not a lot, it's, I don't it's, think. It's really hard to, to tell, considering the fact that he's 14 Seems at the like start. Seems really like just like a few days. Yeah, exactly. So... And, and it all started out because he, he dug up a rifle on the beach because he wanted to join the partisans because he had a naive boy's look on what military yeah, so like life everybody was like. else is going, so I gotta go. Yep, and he had a, obviously a very romantic idea of what it meant to be in service for his country. Um, and that entire world is fucking obliterated very quickly. He's, he's at first incredibly sad because he gets left behind to do uh, to set up the reserve camp as the rest of the partisans go forward to march against the enemy. And um, in a way, you know, it, it nearly, it, it essentially damns him to the, you know, uh, I guess, what, what do you want to call it? The, the fate that he ends up suffering through the film. And uh, that was in part because he had newer boots. <laughs> newer boots than an older fella. Um, yeah, just wow. Uh, the the directing as far as you know how how the character gets from point A to point B is it's insane because it's it's believable to a point but it starts with just the smallest domino yeah and um, it just never fucking stops or lets up um, but what I was getting at was that at the very end when he grabs that gas can and he comes back and you as the viewer kind of like. I need some sort of righteous fulfillment. You know, I need to see these awful creatures uh, be dealt the same hand that they dealt these innocent people. And uh, not a single, you know, like, no no Belarusian person, you know, uh, douses them in gas. Um, One of them is begging for his life above all the others, and, you know one thing leads to another. One of the Nazis grabs the gas, douses all of his uh, comrades in it, and um, before anything more can do uh, can be done, the partisans open fire on all of them, mm-hmm. giving them a much more quick death, which, as a viewer, you're kind of left there feeling like, was that enough? <laughs> you know? And it's 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 one of those kind of things where, you know, still, like I said... You know, our our main character never, never opens fire on on a on a living person, the whole time. So after all of that, he he still can't bring himself to kill one of these people, even though he probably very much so wanted to. Yeah, he uh, he I think he was the only like one of the only living witnesses. Yeah. That showed up on the scene. Yeah. Um. He pretty much calls. It, he's like, yeah, that's that's the one who said that only the, like only the children stay. Yep. So I was like, he was obviously, and you know, that's just it. Is that it's like, one of those things where, they absolutely would not have fucking, let, any of those people fucking live if they all left their kids in the barn to die. Mm-hmm. They would have all been shot on the spot anyway. You know, it's just fucking awful. The other thing that I wanted to bring up too is that really hard to watch powerful scene where um uh he's he's made to s- sit on his knees with a gun to his head as a russian officer nonchalantly takes a photograph of the group oh the german officer or german guy yeah that's what i meant um there were it's worth mention um there were russian nazi sympathizers among that's the true. Uh, they had that interaction with one of them. Yeah. Like, um, kind of showing you, they obviously didn't have, like, a super cushy life, but they weren't getting, you know, let out in a pasture and shot like uh, animals. Yeah. You know, or uh, having 
having their different family members torn from their homes uh, to go and get raped. You know, things of that nature. Um, but when he's made to take that photograph with the other uh, Nazi officer and um, the different soldiers... And it just seems like so casual. He's kind of like steps up and just yeah. winds his camera and just... Winds, winds it up, lines up the shot. You know, like there's just absolute fucking carnage going on behind him. And it's like, I felt as a viewer that after that photo, they were literally just going to blow his fucking brains out. But as soon as that black smoke came in, it almost became more of a hassle to sit there any longer and breathe in the fucking smell and smoke coming from dozens of burning bodies. Uh, So they literally just like left him in the dirt and he just like curled up. And you could kind of tell, like, okay, that's where the last bit of our character died. The last bit of his personality that he started off with is dead. There's nothing left. Mm. And uh, I would say, yeah, he probably continues on with kind of wanting to... I don't know. It's kind of of hard. It's either a, a want for vengeance... Or it's just a want to try and make sure that no one else that he cares about, what little he has left, is is raped and mutilated and burned. So he just marches on with the partisan group. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... It was hard to try and, you know, just kind of pull anything away from it other than wow mm-hmm. that's fucking bad this is fucking awful and uh the world war ii footage that we saw at the end of that um I believe wasn't it deacon the uh, uh yeah, roger who, deacon yeah who uh who had done the uh he was a cinematographer, not for this, correct? But he is a cinematographer. Yeah, he just he did a uh, nineteen seventeen recently. That interview we watched was from February. Yeah, so of this year. Yeah, so he's kind of talking about how you know Klimov adds that in there, not for shock value or anything like that, but to essentially be a note that's like, this was fictional. These things that happened here were factual. I could have shown you much worse things. And uh, I believe we already made note of it, but Klimov had said this this was fairly restrained, but I couldn't, you know, do more than this. He said that um, it would be a film that, that America would likely not be able to consume. Yep. I feel like if you are going to make a war movie, though, like you really can't shy away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you know, you get like... Just stupid, like, why don't you join up movies? Exactly, yeah. Um, God, like, like most of them. Right. Like most of them. Um, you know, that's why I liked Hurt Locker so much. Yeah. was because it wasn't like that. It wasn't like, hi, adrenaline action. It was like, you want to see some really terrible, fucking awful things that are going on? Do you want to see what it does to people? You know what I mean? And, like, the answer should be no. <laughs> But, you know, we, we watch it. We watch it because, you know, that's, that's what we do with films. Um, just fucking wow. Just wow. Um, it, watching this made me kind of ask the question again of, uh, so you're telling me that there's Nazi sympathizers? Like people who like, would see us and be like, oh, cool. Like, good for them. My my question is, um, if if someone can watch this and not be absolutely fucking disgusted with anything that the Nazi party stood for, why are you here? <laughs> what are you contributing to the world? You know? If you if you can watch all of this and not feel absolutely fucking disgusted or feel how I would say either of us feel right now where it's even difficult to just kind of continue talking about this film. Um, who the fuck are you? 
who the fuck are you and uh, how, how did you get to be the way that you are? Yeah, like, what happened to you? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I thought that, uh, you know, partway through the film, I had the feeling of, uh, man, I really want to play some Wolfenstein right now so I can just fucking, uh, you know, play, play the World War II hero and, and kill robo-Nazis and shit like that. Maybe that'll make me feel better. But after it and sitting on it, I don't know what would make me feel better, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's about all I can really fucking stomach. Um, that being said, I, I'm happy that I did see it. I think that it's important to watch this film. If you've seen it, I would love to hear some of your sentiments. Um, I don't, I don't know what more can, can be drawn from it, but you know, that's me just kind of looking inward, asking myself. (laughs) So, I mean, whatever, whatever you have to say about the film, Brent, and I will, I will sit here and, yeah, I just I, th- I think one of the the best scenes it's like in the beginning, you know it just seems like yeah this kid you know he just wants to go to war or whatever. Yeah, absolutely um, does. But the scene like I I feel like it just it never lights up. But like right after the first like bombing, the paratroopers come in. Yeah. And the whole like yeah like twenty minutes is just like ear ringing and yeah it just it the whole like scene just feels like jarring and yeah like i just felt like even rewatching, it's felt like just an immense amount of dread yeah you know i honestly thought because i do see that paratrooper that's stuck there i thought that was gonna be the first kill of the film i thought he was gonna like ooh, give me my gun and yeah no i think i remember yeah just i'm not sure what i was expecting but i don't know if i was expecting more like battle scenes but yeah no like mm. the sheer number of nazi forces that are literally just just trampling over rural, uh, uh, you know, uh, Belarusian um, people and, and their villages. It's like, what are they? What are they gonna fucking do? A lot of these people don't have rifles. They've got pitchforks, you know, and you have just a massive Nazi force coming in with flamethrowers and machine guns and grenades and vehicles. I guess what I wanted to say is it. After the bomb, it just it never lights up. After that, no, yeah, it's very much so. Like this is this is this is our main character's day to day life now. This is what it's like. Hey, I say it was probably one of the most like base portrayals of like sorrow mm-hmm. and uh, it's like turmoil. Yeah, yeah. Not it, just like, like you said, like base. Like, uh, no flowers. This is turmoil. This is chaos. This is sadness. Like, you feel that kid's pain? Mm-hmm. As everything's just slowly torn away. Yeah. And viciously so. And what little joy is found here and there is fleeting. Like, the, you're kind of given a glimpse with that one uh, partisan who he kind of joins up with. Yep. He has, like, a total of, like, a four-man group for a little while. Yeah. He seems like a good guy, but, yeah, it's like, you know, what do you think is going to happen to him? He gets shot. Yeah. Yeah. Your one support that you had after your the world that you knew kind of came crumbling down um, shortly after, you like know. Like, as like quickly the, as he's introduced to you, he's yeah. pretty much taken away just as fast. Yeah. Just to kind of make sure that you. Just if around long enough just to make you, like. Kind of like the guy. Yep, exactly. Just, you know, in case you felt like things were going to go in a positive manner. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. There's there's nothing good. I think it's worth mentioning that I, I, I was, like, suspicious of it the first time I watched it, but yeah. when they're in the field and the cow and they're all getting shot at, oh, yeah, that so. those are very much real bullets, real yep. tracers yep. going over their heads, Yeah, which... Nobody's gonna be fucking doing that today. <laughs> no, absolutely. Probably for not. the best. Yeah. I'm sure they took like the right precautions, but like But it's also over a great distance and bullets drop. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean you could see they're going like well over their heads, but yeah. yeah. 
fucking insane. Uh-huh. I believe that they said that a, a sick cow was the I couldn't understudy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was there was the there the understudy cow. I think you kind of use that as like a joke, like yeah. You know, like, and then the actor cow. Yeah. So I still, after all of those interviews and everything like that, I still couldn't tell. And and the reading that I did as far as the production of the movie, I don't I don't know if a cow was was hurt. That shot of the eye rolling. Yeah. Yeah, that I kind of forgot about that. I think my brain just kind of like blocked that out. Yeah. But yeah. seeing like flies buzz over, just this like twitching eye. Yeah. Is it just? Rolls back and forth. So, like, per, who knows if they actually killed a cow or if they just, like, had a cow that was very sick that was going to get put down because he was sick. I don't know, man. It's hard telling, but uh, between that and I Andre I think it's just the mark of a, an effective film. Yeah. Hard to tell. And uh, I, I had watched enough of the film. I had spent enough time listening to the interviews I did not feel as though I needed to do further reading as far as production. Uh, as much as I did enjoy it, it's one of those things where I think that after this episode I will be happy enough to uh, close the book, put it on the shelf, <laughs> remember it fondly, but this is a this is a film that I'm not entirely sure when I'll ever revisit it or if I ever will. You know? Uh that being said, I, I think that it's very important. So, yeah, I'd say it's coming back to it. Yeah, it's probably one of the most, if not the most important war movie that I think everybody should see at least once. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Man, well, if you uh, if you made it this far and you had watched it, because I feel like if you watch this movie yeah. and you like support just war as a concept in any way shape or form then like i don't want to know you at all yeah you know i would that's something that i was going to say that i had kind of forgotten is that um i do have a few acquaintances that um are you know like the the majorly patriotic or um somewhat still fantasize as far as uh you know like war goes or soldier life goes or whatever you want to fucking call it perhaps they just really like history but um it's almost like it's still an overly romanticized idea of war watch this fucking film yeah watch this film and uh depending on your answers as far as what your experience was like i think that that's I, I, I don't think that I would be speaking out of line for myself. Um, depending on your answers, I don't think we should talk again. <laughs> you know, because, um, t- fuck. Yeah, that's just... <sighs> yeah, with that being said, if you've, if you've seen this film before... Um, and you listened all the way through to the end of the podcast. Thanks for coming back to revisit the film with us. If you had stopped back there at the 15 minute mark and, um, somewhere, some, some long time down the road, if you came back to this, thanks for coming back. And, uh, I hope you're doing all right. (laughs) And I cannot wait to talk to you about better happier things on the horizon and i hope that we as a collective never forget about what we as humans did to each other so that we never do it again there's really no fun sign off or anything i think that's just it yeah (laughs) yeah that's about it thanks again um and we'll be back We'll be back another time. Probably something a little more uplifting. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. You take care.